0: Hey, it's Jay, and it's time for another one shot. These are the short form monologue episodes that we run to complement the longer form narratives that involve other voices. On these one shots, it's just my perspective on something that I think is important to our journey to make things that matter. Today's one shot is called How to Write and Speak with Greater Impact. (music) Quick, how would you explain the idea of story to somebody who somehow has never heard of such wordy wizardry. Any ideas? Okay, I'll let you off the hook by focusing us on the words spoken by author Kazuo Ishiguro when he accepted the Nobel Prize in Literature in 2017. He said, Stories are about one person saying to another, This is the way it feels to me. Can you understand what I'm saying? Does it also feel this way to you? I could spend a lifetime contemplating those words. All right, you have very many places to be. I get it. I'll do it faster. Two things in the quote apply directly to our work. Number one, can you understand what I'm saying? In other words, clarity. And number two, does it also feel this way to you? Connection. Clarity and connection. Storytellers provide clarity. They make a dense or maybe complex idea suddenly seem obvious to the rest of us. The details of the story are clear. Why we want to continue listening is clear. Storytellers speak with an abundance of clarity. But storytellers also connect us. Stories illuminate commonalities that we'd otherwise not see. For any number of examples, just turn to the popular memes that you see being shared. They're all some form of very dense, tiny storytelling because they illuminate the commonalities that we have and therefore forward to other people. Stories illuminate commonalities that we'd otherwise not see. In other words, stories resonate the tension of a given story, and the person or people enduring that tension, feel familiar to us. It's easy to claim that we see ourselves reflected in the story, but I'd actually take that popular notion one step further. The things the story reflects about ourselves are the emotions of it all. The storyteller asks Ishiguro's second question, does it also feel this way to you? And we reply with a resounding yes. The story resonates. <laughs> But in our race for reach, we're losing sight of the importance of resonance. Resonance is where actions come from, and actions are what we need to see results from our work. Reach is how many see it. Resonance is how much they care. No amount of reach guarantees that others will care. But we've become so obsessed with being visible that we've forgotten to be memorable. If we want to have greater impact with our words and see more results with our work, then we have to learn how to resonate in a way that prompts action. We are all in the business of sparking action. So we are all in the business of resonating. And the world's most proven vehicle for resonating with others is the story. But you already knew that. I mean, you listen to this show. You create things, I'm guessing, for a living or at least for pure self-expression either way i'm assuming you already care about story and oftentimes we care about story because we're told to care about story over and over again every marketer marketing to marketers and every creator creating for creators will tell us nay command us to care about story so we gather up all kinds of ingredients that we think we need to continue on our journey to keep up with the latest insights and techniques We read about the rationale for story and why other humans care about this stuff, the history of story, the science of story, the structure of story, and of course the ROI of story. We bend and buckle under the weight of all this information, and right as it's time to somehow use it all to make sense of this glut of information, all of these ingredients that we've gone shopping for, our arms overflowing with them, right as it's time to go back to our daily work and use this stuff, We see one smug-looking guy on Twitter that says something like, how to 10x marketing results in 10 weeks? A thread. And we go, oh, yeah, that sounds easier. Let's just follow that dude. Story has become too dense. Story has become too abstract. Story has become a buzzword. I mean, think about that. Makers and marketers like us have turned story into a buzzword. That's like chefs turning food into a buzzword. It's just supposed to be what we do. As Ishiguro suggested, we can and should demystify the idea of story. We should make it more attainable, more practical. Stories are merely a dialogue between two people. That's it. Can you understand what I'm saying? Does it also feel this way to you? Stories are a dialogue between two people nothing more. With every article, newsletter, video, podcast, or post, you are speaking to one other person, just as I'm speaking to you and you alone right now. Even when we're sitting among an actual audience watching a speaker from a stage, the clarity that you start to sense and the connection you begin to feel, both of those things unfold in your mind alone. A story is a dialogue between two people And this creates that sense of clarity and connection. Can you understand what I'm saying? Does it also feel this way to you? We can abstract away this notion of story all we want, gathering up all kinds of ingredients until we can't carry any more. But eventually, we have to do the actual work. Or said a different way, we have to do the actual work. So the question we should be asking isn't what kind of knives to use in our kitchen or how to arrange that kitchen. The question we need to ask is whether or not we can cook. In other words, this is not about story. This is about the storyteller. Advice, content, and media, and thinkers have lost sight of that. Eventually, it's on each of us to move beyond the abstractions, beyond the ingredients, and to make this stuff real. We must become effective storytellers. I say that very carefully, effective storytellers, because I think there's a difference between good storytellers and effective storytellers. Good storytellers speak with clarity, they use a sequence of actions that creates and resolves tension. I'll say it again a sequence of actions that creates and resolves tension. This happened, then this happened, then this happened, but then this happened. And as a result, that happened. Effective storytellers do the same thing to create some clarity too, a sequence of actions that creates and resolves tension. But then they also go further to create connection. They don't just hold our attention, they inspire us to reflect and act. They ensure that we internalize the meaning of the story. Sometimes they spell it out for us. Other times they create space for us to draw our own conclusions. I mean, look no further than the famous Ernest Hemingway six-word story. Here it is, six words. For sale. Baby shoes. Never worn. Not much detail provided and zero key takeaways that the author wanted you to take away. But plenty of space for us to internalize the story and synthesize our own meaning. It's the same with any number of entertainers that we might admire for their inspiring stories, a documentary producer, a travel show host, who lets the music linger rather than wrap it up in a nice neat bow. That is just as viable as telling others what the meaning of the story should be. Again, there is a difference between good storytellers and effective storytellers. Good storytellers grip us. Effective storytellers move us. They move us towards meaning. That's the difference between a good story about a software engineer, some angry drones, and a lot of leather and sunglasses, and the Matrix. That's the difference between a good story about an annoying little boy, a flock of sheep, and a gruesome scene, and the boy who cried wolf. The first might be clear. It might be gripping. But the second imparts meaning. As a result, the storytellers inspire audiences to reflect and act That is our task, too. If we look hard enough, we can spot this difference between good and effective storytelling in action all around us. There's often a single moment inside a story that reveals the storyteller's understanding of how to speak with impact. Consider one popular story from Ira Glass, creator and host of This American Life, who shares a quick anecdote to start an old episode of his show. It's the story about an everyday guy named Brett that you don't care about. He's not anybody of note, at least as it relates to this story. Brett is waiting to catch the subway home one day in New York City. Now, here is the beginning of the story in Ira Glass's words. Let's see if we can spot the moment that he moves from being a good storyteller to being effective. So Brett was on the subway platform, afternoon rush hour. It's mobbed. And down the platform, he sees this guy. The guy goes up to one person after another, stands very close, says something, and moves on. He's nicely dressed, doesn't seem to be asking for money, and he's getting closer. He approaches person after person, walks up to them, says something quietly, and moves on. And as he gets closer, Brett can hear what he's saying. Before we go any further, a quick question for you. Do you want this story to continue? Yes, Ira Glass is, after all, a good storyteller. He uses a sequence of actions that creates tension. Who is that guy? What is he saying? What will he say to Brett? You've got questions and you crave answers. Ira opens a loop that will be closed later and we crave the closure. And so we keep listening. And what the man is saying is, you, you can stay. And to the next person, you, you gotta go. You're out of here. He gets closer to Brett and here Brett and Ira Glass talk to each other. And I'm starting to feel a little nervous and, and aware, of the, fact, aware <laughs> will, of the fact. Will I make the cut? You it's, it sounds so silly. I mean, we all like to think that we're evolved enough or mature enough. Uh, but when push comes to shove and a guy's, <laughs> a guy's going down the line rating, uh, I found that you can't help but uh, kind of hope that he... He gives you the thumbs up when your turn comes. But Brett, he's not choosing you for anything. No, he's not. <laughs> and he didn't even look like anyone I particularly wanted to uh, to hang with, you know? Uh, I mean, as much as one can tell can tell from someone's appearance. You didn't um, really feel any need to impress this guy. No, no. So the man walks up to Brett, stands a little too close, and, and says, "You can stay." And Brett felt euphoria. A small euphoria, sure. In his mind, he knew there's no reason to feel so good about this. But in his heart, it made him feel really, really happy. This is a good storyteller telling a good story. Ira Glass speaks in a sequence of actions that creates and resolves tension. But it's not an effective story. Not yet. You and I are likely not reflecting on anything deeper in our lives. And I'm not sure we're going to take any action as a result of this story. We're not going to change any behaviors or jump to do something next with Ira Glass. But then he says something that tips him from good storyteller to effective storyteller. He continues his voiceover speaking directly to us, his listeners, when he says this. There is something about The Judgment of Strangers. When the clerk in the record store seems unimpressed by your choice of CDs, when the one cute person on the bus gives you a look like, out of my way, it's as if by their status as strangers, they have some special instantaneous insight into who we are. Their vision isn't clouded by our feeble attempts to charm our friends and uh, the people we work with. What Ira Glass does here is subtle, but crucial in our attempts to become effective storytellers. He moves us from the action of the story to its meaning. Now again, some storytellers do this overtly. They spell it out. They share the meaning out loud. Ira Glass has often said, this audio stuff that we do is an especially didactic medium where you need to spell things out. Other storytellers aren't so upfront about a story's meaning, but they provide that necessary space for the audience to sit with something, to synthesize their own meaning, rather than rush to over-explain everything, or stuff each moment too full of detail, or add too many key takeaways at the very end. Regardless, we now see the difference between the two types of storytellers. Good storytellers grip us. Effective storytellers move us. They move us towards meaning. We can all become more effective storytellers if we just remember one simple but powerful phrase the next time we communicate. That's the thing about. We can share our stories with clarity, describing a sequence of actions which creates and resolves tension by introducing and then answering questions on the audience's mind. That is a good storyteller. But then we can move people towards the meaning, move them from the action to the insights as we move from speaking with clarity, to speaking in ways that create connection. That's when we say, that's the thing about. For Ira Glass's story, that's the thing about strangers. It's like, just by virtue of being strangers, they see us more clearly, so we care about their opinion more than that of those close to us. For the boy who cried wolf, that's the thing about lying. If you become known as a liar, people won't believe you when you're telling the truth. Or how about the matrix? That's the thing about society, what we think are rules are just systems created by those who would control us for their own gain, and we ought to wake up and refuse to exist as nothing more than lifelong servants to the more powerful who draw that very power from our own ignorance and complacency. I, uh, I get carried away with the Matrix stuff. Sorry you had to hear that. Where was I? That's the thing about you and me as storytellers without needing any more resources or even any stories that shake society or overhaul our industry, we can become more effective storytellers. In fact, we can make the shift from good to effective if we remember that last missing piece, inspiring reflection and action in others. We can take any story and arrive at a powerful that's the thing about moment, from tiny tales pulled from our own daily lives to massive moments shared by subjects and guests that we profile, even stories told by others that we tell our way to arrive at our insight. We are surrounded by stories all the time. And lest we fall victim to this jargonification of story, this buzzwordification, we can remember the difference between a good storyteller and an effective storyteller. Good storytellers grip us. Effective storytellers move us. They move us towards meaning. Can you understand what I'm saying? Does it also feel this way to you? Thank you so much for listening. This episode was written, produced and edited by me, Jay Conzo. If you like the show, consider my free newsletter, Playing Favorites. That's where I make the case every other week that we should stop trying to be the best with our work. Yes, really. Don't be the best. Instead, be their favorite. What does it take to create work that resonates, to stop marketing more, and start mattering more? So every other Friday, get an original story from me, plus a swipe file of useful resources from a storyteller I feature. Plus, whenever I pilot new projects or do live virtual speeches or hangouts, my email subscribers are the ones who get access first. You can join thousands of creators, entrepreneurs, marketers, and executives, all of whom want to create work that they love and others love too. So subscribe for free at jaconzo.com or use the link in your show notes. I'm back soon with a brand new narrative style episode of the show. Until then, keep making what matters. See ya.